Like, like church shouldn't be boring or dull. Your rules are preventing you from experiencing God. Because you might go, oh, we've filled, we've filled ourselves with great people, but what are you going to say to the non-Christian that wants to come into your service? Sorry, we're full. Hello and welcome back to our series exploring what is church. We're so glad that you joined us today. If you haven't yet checked out the previous videos, can I encourage you to do so and make sure that you give this a like and a share. And if you have any questions or comments, let us know down below because we really want to be engaging with you as well as we explore and really seek what is church. Today, I'm really excited that um, we've got a real special guest all the way from Wales, believe it or not, but the beauty of technology right here with me. Uh, she is the Regional Minister Mission Enabler for the South Wales Baptist Association. It's Hayley Young. Hayley, hello. Great to be with you, Adrian. How you doing? Very well, very well. Thank you so much for joining me today. Nice. It's a pleasure. Thank you. So the first thing I've got to ask and kind of where I start on this point is that we're still in lockdown um, and that's affected us all in different ways. How have you been coping? How has it been for you to be in this situation? Yeah, it's um, at first I got really excited uh, just at the prospect of just having to not necessarily go out of the house and just watch Netflix. Uh, that lasted about a day. Um, nice. And... <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, for us as a, as a regional team, we're kind of, um, I was in post for about two weeks before lockdown happened. Uh, wow. So, so, so this is still like, relatively fresh for you then? Yeah, I started in January, then finally moved away. It was two weeks before lockdown. Um, so it's given us time to pray, to, to seek God, to, to get to know um, our ministers and churches. And um, in Wales, we're, it's slightly stricter. It is in England, so we're still we're still on kind of pretty much uh, full lockdown uh, where you guys are easing. So, so 14 weeks. I live on my own. That's been a challenge and um, a blessing, uh, but also a challenge in 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 the fact of actually how do you do community and discipleship in that and um, and accountability with God. And so yeah, it's been a great time of learning and seeking God. Amazing. So I, mean, I, I guess with that, you know, you, you, you talk about doing community, you talk about accountability with God and, and, and moving into those are kind of things that tend to describe church. Uh, and so with that, I come, I come, you know, with our starting point question of as we explore it, you know, what is church? It seems to be somewhat redefined or, or an opportunity for us to recheck it and, and maybe dive back into scripture during this time of pandemic of lockdown. Um, so ha have you been exploring anything? Has God been saying anything to you about what is church? Yeah, and, and in one sense, I can reel off the same thing. I think that everyone's uh, rediscovered that we all knew the church is not the building. But yes, the building absolutely. Provides... We've got that. The, the church have heard me say that a lot recently. <laughs> but, but the building is a focal point and does provide us with stuff. We as a church have built structures in the Baptist movement, we've got structures um, which help us function. 
but this has been a time of kind of just letting go of some of that baggage and realizing okay god what are the structures what are the mechanisms that we need to pick up again what are the cause and i think what god's um you know i've got a passion for mission um and and therefore church for me has always been just where god's people are and and it should be attractive like like church shouldn't be boring or dull now I understand what I think is boring and dull will excite someone else. And so that's why you get different facets of church. But I think God's just honing in on us to actually be, be careful about what we pick up and to hold things loosely in regard of church. Too often we hold things very tightly when it comes to church. But if we would hold it loosely, then we allow the spirit to move and see the seasons for different things. That's awesome. I just I want to pick up a few of the things that you said in there and see where, where it takes us because I think for many, not all, but many, especially possibly non-Christians, those who maybe don't go to church, fun is not necessarily a word that they're going to associate with church. Uh, and, and again, I take your point that, you know, we're all different. So our levels of fun and, and how we engage in fun. Um, but, but where do we get this idea of church being fun? I mean, is that just something that actually we want it to be fun and therefore we want to superimpose that onto church? Or is that something that actually goes a little bit deeper? That does God want church to be fun? I believe God wants church to be fun. There's lots of illustrations and analogies of church. But when we're first introduced to God in Genesis, we're introduced to him as a creator. We worship a creator. He is creative in all he does. So why is our worship so not creative in <laughs> so many ways? So, so I, think, I think that tells us that it's fun in creation. God didn't need to create a lot of this stuff, but he chose to out of love and creation. So we, we see that. We see the joy of creation. We see in the life of Jesus. Jesus rocks up and turns water into wine at the end of the party. That's a fun guy to be around. Absolutely. That yes. doesn't mean that he, he wasn't challenging, but it was fun. We look at the, the first disciples. They were in an upper room praying. They spent a lot of time together. They wouldn't have done that if they didn't like each other and it wasn't fun to be in each other's company. And so, therefore, we need to reflect that creative, joyful um, element of, of worship and church. So, okay. So church is joyful. Church is fun. What do we say then? And, or how do we maybe make a shift? If, if now this isn't necessarily the case for all churches. And so if you're watching this, please, and you know, I'll address directly. If you're watching this, please don't think that I'm saying that this is you or anything like that. However, if there are churches who are maybe not fun who are struggling with that that joy of the lord who are struggling with with being joyful with being fun how do how do we go about changing that you know how, how does one say you know what well, i'm just going to be fun today like what does that look like i suppose the the simple and complex answer is it's the holy spirit okay let's unpack that a little bit what does that mean so i think when the holy spirit comes and dwells in us and that's open for every believer and by believer, that's just someone that recognizes that God made it. We messed it up and Jesus restores it. Once you, once you accept that, jump into that, trust that, 
um, walk in that, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in us and, and equips and empowers us. Joy doesn't mean the absence of pain or difficulty, but it means that we, we have a source, a strength that is, that is better than that. And we need to be far more sensible and strategic about the people we gather around us so that we nurture joy and excitement together. And, and that's why I think it becomes quite interesting when you then think, how does that apply to church? Because what, what I find joyful, some people really aren't going to. And that's why, actually, we've got different audiences to reach out to. We've got different people we can reach because what excites us is, is different. Um, I don't wake up every day and just uh, fill of the joys of spring and the joy of the Lord. And I'm like, yeah, you know, it takes me at least a few coffees to get to get at least at least two let's be honest you know at least two yeah but it's but it's cultivating uh an attitude of thankfulness and when we do that then something's released in inside us um i i've always had a habit of every morning no matter how i'm feeling i thank god for everything around me i thank god that i've woken up you know, I thank, I thank God that I've got my iPhone next to me. I thank, I thank God that I've got running water in a tap. I thank God that I've got a house. And when you start to do that and thank God for the really simple things, it then triggers you. It makes you smile because you realize how much God's gifted you. That grace that has been uh, poured over you is, is exciting. It's joyful. Just thinking we were a mess. And God saved us. Amen. Like, how amazing is that? It's it's amazing. It's awesome. So, so again, okay. So the church is a joyful people, um, but I'm hearing that joyful almost rooted in thankfulness. That 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 actually the joy is bubbling up because of a, a thankfulness for what God has done in us. And so, therefore, I think there has to be almost this continual reminder that you know as you say for you it's daily waking up um but so there's a sense of actually being reminded daily of saying hey you know what god is pretty awesome he's done some pretty amazing things i want to i want to pick up on 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 the flip side of that though some people will watch this and say okay i, I get the joy of the lord but actually church is a serious thing like we we got to take it seriously we're talking about people's salvation we're talking about you know the seriousness of the gospel we, we got to preach the gospel we can't hold this lightly. We have to take God seriously. So actually, there's less space for joy because it's serious stuff. How do we hold the two in that tension to say, yeah, we take God seriously, but actually there's joy as well? Yeah, and, and that's always a challenge, isn't it? Because you don't want to come off as foolish. But equally, the kingdom does seem foolish to the world. And we're told that the cross is foolishness to those who don't believe. Um, when they were speaking uh, in tongues, people said they were drunk. So there will be people that when we're doing the serious business of the kingdom of God will look on and go, that's foolishness. That's, that's interesting. But we do have to take it with the weight. And I think, you know, grace is, is undeserved and it is poured on to us, that, that favour, and that brings us joy, that brings us thankfulness but it's not a cheap grace and so what we realize in that and Bonhoeffer speaks a lot about cheap grace if you want to check out and um, in the cost of discipleship these are costly things these are not cheap things but they bring us joy 
And so we come with a spirit of this is a weight. This is a weight and a responsibility to have received the grace. And we examine with that weight and that responsibility while cultivating joy and thankfulness. I don't always get it right, but that's the hope that, that we hold in that. That's awesome. That's amazing. That's great stuff. Now, I want to take a step back then, because one of the things that you started saying at the beginning was, yeah, there's this joy, and it's a fun play. You know, church is fun. But then you also said that you maybe have a sense of God saying that we need to kind of hold things a little bit loosely, that we, we tend to hold things too tightly. What do you mean by that? Because some people might hear that and, and, and automatically think, well, hold on, what am I going to loosen up my grip on? What, am I, what are you wanting me to let, let go of? Yeah. And we hate this as human beings because we love structure. Oh, we, yes, we do. We, we are creatures rules. of habit, aren't we? We love a bit of a habit. It's, you know, which is one of the reasons Sunday at church works. It's, it's, this is what I do. This is my routine. Yeah, absolutely. And so, but some of what we've been doing is out of habit and ritual rather than following the spirit of God. Jesus challenges us with this he challenges the pharisees doesn't he in mark 7 where people say why i think it was about washing hands i always misquote it but i think it's around washing hands before you eat yeah. and jesus says why are you bothered about that your rules are preventing you from experiencing god i'm paraphrasing of course <laughs> there but that's the point jesus was saying even then your rules are, are you hold on to them so tightly there's no room for god to break in now, that's not saying we should get rid of structure, we should get rid of rules. One theologian, Rob Bow, I know in some circles he's controversial, but one thing that he's um, said that really impacted me was uh, he talks about structures being springs, doctrine being springs. So whereas we traditionally in church life see them as bricks, so we've got the doctrine of the Trinity, Yes, solid truth, that's a brick. Uh, the doctrine of the sacraments, right, well, that's done. And what we end up doing is building a wall. But what Rob Bell says is if you view those things as springs of a trampoline, then actually what you do is you jump up and down on them. They remain the same, but you experience different facets of them. And I love that. Mm. The doctrines and principles remain the same but we can experience different facets of it, different ways of expressing it. And actually, over our lifetime, we will experience different ways. Just because we understand it one way now, doesn't mean that's going to be forever. And Absolutely. so it's about experience rather than bricks. Definitely. I mean, there's definitely a sense of, you know, when we first come to faith, we only see certain things and, and you know, we, we maybe experience forgiveness in one way, but then actually have recognized that we are only just tapping into the surface of the forgiveness that we've actually received. And I, I like that. Um, I like that. And, and you know, Rob Bell had a, had a part in my life early on. And I, I, like I said, like you said, some struggle. And I think I struggle with some of his more recent stuff as well. Um, but it's, but it's interesting. So, so then so we're talking about loosening stuff up and maybe maybe then there are some traditions that we're holding on to or some some you know pharisaical things that that we're holding on to but now i'm assuming though then the beauty of those springs is that it's going to be different for every place yeah yeah of course of course so, that's the beauty of church go ahead no sorry i was just saying yes that's the beauty of church sorry <laughs> so no that's fine so how, how do we then um step into what God wants for us. So 
you know, in, in, in South Wales, it's going to look different possibly than over here. Um, but it's the same God that we're worshiping, same awesome Jesus, um, same Holy Spirit. So how do I know that actually what, what God is asking us to do here is for us now? Give it a go. What's the worst that can happen? You, you know, I think, I think sometimes Eugene Peterson translates one of the Proverbs as, and I always forget which one it is, so forgive me. In the lifting of the foot, God's spirit grabs a hold of it and places it where it needs to be. And as disciples, that's what we need to do. As church leaders, as churches, we need to lift up our foot and pray that the Holy Spirit places it where it needs to be. We will make mistakes. We will get it wrong, but, but we try. We know that actually there are some principles. There are principles of worship, mission, biblical teaching. So, so you have to weigh all those things up. And if it's in line with those things, then give it a go. If it's not in line with those things, then maybe it's not God saying that. But I think it's always just to keep pushing for. We as a Baptist wouldn't be a movement unless people tried to do it differently. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's interesting, though, because I, I sit down with many people within, within the Baptist uh, denomination, the movement, and, and oftentimes they'll be like, well, why are we changing this? And I'm kind of like isn't that kind of what we have done? Like that is part of our history is to, to, to challenge the, the status quo of church, I guess, if you will, um, and, 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 and change it, step into what God would be doing, um, what we believe God is doing in that space. Um, so then in that case, so, so okay, we've got church is fun and church is a place in, in which we're holding things lightly. We want to hold on the, the things of truth, those, those kind of doctrinal beliefs maybe, um, but they're springs. So actually we're going we're gonna to grow in them and experience them in different ways as we go on. Is that all that church is or is there more that we can say into that? No, I think obviously at its heart, church is community. And I think going back to the kind of first question about what God's saying, I think as we realized now, hopefully, that much of what we were doing potentially, there's lots of good stuff out there, so please don't hear this wrong, but what we were doing was about getting a crowd rather than creating a community. I like that. I like that. It was about getting a crowd rather than creating a community. Like, I've sat in countless ministers' meetings at ministers' conference within the Baptist denomination, with outside of the Baptist denomination, where it's all about numbers and bigger people and church growth. And, and I use the term of church growth, but actually very little has been about actually how deep are we? How are we doing at community? Are we just coming and staying in our clique and staring at the back of people's heads? But do you know what? It looks good for the pastor because the room is filled. Or are we really intentionally loving and mixing and sharing a story and having a common good? They're two very different things. What we're seeing now is community. Because those that were part of the crowd potentially haven't pitched into your stuff. They don't turn up to the Zoom prayer meetings. They don't do that. But, but there are those that go, I, I, I need community. I, I need to go deeper. Uh, and for some reason, they would never have preferenced those small groups before, but now are. I, I need to be challenged. I need to process this with someone. I need to share my story. I need to be part of the story. I need to be part of that community. The crowd is disappearing and the community is coming forward. That's amazing. So I hear that. And I mean, I think a lot of churches, you know, we, we see across the media, more people are looking to pray. There, there is more 
desire to step into to, to faith. And for many people who don't even know what that looks like. So then how do we keep the momentum of community going? Because right now, you know, there's a sense of, you know, and, and for you probably more severely than for us at the moment even, you can't go anywhere. You're, you're stuck. We, we are where we are. So actually Zoom community and, and reaching out to, to be the hands and feet where we can be has become the solution um, for us to connect and for us to journey as community and, and in that depth. But lockdown is going to end at some point fully, we hope and pray. I mean, I, as far as I can tell, no one's, no one's talking about lockdown forever. So then how do we embrace what God has been teaching us and encouraging us and ensure that we don't go back to just what we were doing before, which is maybe that superficial community where there's no depth of it? I think in some ways that's going to be a real challenge. For some of us, those that have tasted and seen this community, we can't go back. We, we, just, we just can't. And I think it, it, we need to be convicted in that to, to stay strong because there will be pressure, there will be a pull to just snap straight back. Um, and for some, that provides a need. And so we have to look at providing those needs. But maybe reworking our whole thinking into actually maybe we, we nurture this here, this here, this here, you know, service on a Sunday, a home group here. Maybe we get away, and we've been saying it for years in one sense, of Sunday's the main thing, community's the main thing. So wherever you connect as a community, that's what you do. I mean, I, I can confess to you that I, I've been in ministry 13 years now. I, um, <laughs> last week was the first time I had a proper conversation with any of my neighbours from any of the houses I've ever lived in. <laughs> that, that is a big confession to give, you know. <laughs> like, like, like how massive That's is it. that? Yeah. Now, I'm sure, I hope, if you go back and ask any of my previous churches, they would say I was community focused. And I was. I did stuff in the schools, we did stuff in the community, we were out and about, we chatted to people but i was so busy being the minister in those places that i wasn't forging authentic community and that's not something that just the minister is called to do either it's something that we're all called to do that authentic relationship that authentic community but we as ministers have to model it yeah i agree i was modeling I go, to, I go to a church, I go to the place, I do my ministry, and then I come home. That's actually what I was modeling. Now, yes, in, in terms of discipleship, I would have people in and out of my house, and people would quite openly go into my fridge all the time. You know, it was, I, I thought I was quite open in that sense of acts to actually, you know, come see what I'm like first thing in the morning, let's pray at six o'clock, let's do this, let's, my door's always open, but I wasn't. I was doing that stuff rather than being and adjusting. And that's something God's convicting me in and working on. But I just wonder, we need to be so careful what we model. Because actually, if we model as church leaders, that it's everywhere, not somewhere that we go and do it. 
That's awesome. That is amazing. And and so let me ask you this. We we've touched on on different scriptures because some people might be listening to what you're saying and say, hey, this is these are great opinions, the great insight. But actually, I'm I'm all about the scripture. You know, I want to build myself on the word of God. And we've touched on a few scriptures here and there, but is there something that you can kind of go to? You say, actually, be, because of this, this is why church is fun. This is why church is joyful. This is why church is community. This is why we need to let go of stuff. Is there possibly more than one, but is there at least one that you kind of go, this is it to right now, where God has just convicted me about what is church? Yeah, absolutely. So you've got the standard ones, absolutely, and we all know those. For me, I'm really challenged by the parable in Ezekiel. In that, it's just this weird analogy where you see God walk past uh, a naked child, or, or the, you know, the analogy is God's walking past. Yeah. Sees and, and says that's, that's not right, and adorns the child with beauty. Adorns the child with beauty. And for me, that is a wonderful picture of who we are individually we were forlorn we were far off we were a mess we were naked in sin and shame and and disgrace and god adorns us with his beauty he lavishes his gifts on us we have that as individuals and also as a church because the church is made up of those individuals and sometimes in in churches we forget what what idiots we were before we came to christ we forget how far off how lost how naked how shameful we were and we need to be constantly reminded in a healthy way so then we don't get complacent with the grace and so for me that image is god does that individually and he does that for us as churches some of churches, I see it here in South Wales, I see it in other areas, are tired. They feel far off from God, actually. They feel like they've been faithfully doing the same things and the church hasn't grown and they don't understand why. But they've been faithful and they love God. They feel like they're forlorn and they're off. But actually, God just wants to adorn them with beauty. We then have to receive it, obviously, the parable goes into um, uh, a way where she ruins the beauty in the end. And, and that's, again, the picture of God not giving up on us. Mm. But for me, that's such a powerful image of how lost and broken individuals and churches are and how God wants to adorn us with his beauty. I think that word, that word adorn is a big one because we, it's not like we're, we're naked and he's just clothing us. He's actually adorning us. It's, it's the additional, it's the beautifying, it's, you know, and, and this is where um, it's, and some of these chats we've, we've talked about being the bride of Christ, that actually the church is the bride of Christ and, and this time of preparation and beautification that, that the bride has to go through um, before stepping before her, her, her groom. Um, and, and I think that, that, that I think the word you used was lavish um, is a word that we don't maybe use as often as we should because it, it brings such, in my head, such a picture of this like almost wow, extra stuff. Like it, when it's lavish, it's just like, I don't, this is far too much. Yeah, that is what God's doing. He's adorning us. Um, and I love that, that in fact it is individuals, but it's individuals that make up the community. So actually the, the church in itself, therefore, is beautifully adorned and i don't know that we actually see the churches that often 
I would definitely say that outsiders looking in don't see the church oftentimes as beautifully adorned. No, because let's let's be honest, we go to our churches and we serve weak tea and coffee and cheap biscuits. That's not adorning or lavishing, is it? Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying we should waste resources, but equally, our, our Father God has got a generous heart. You, you know, and actually, if, if we're trying to communicate something of the gospel, then, then we need to communicate that Father's heart of lavishing, uh, of adorning the community. Yeah, how much of our efforts are building projects? And building projects are good, don't get me wrong, but wouldn't it be amazing if, if instead of a church spending 40, 50, 60,000 pounds on their own building, they blessed a community building, a school, a housing project? What, what would it look like if the church started to, to think of itself less and adorning God's beauty onto others? Just a thought. That's a, that's a big thought, uh, um, but, a, but an amazing thought. I, I think, Haley, you've given us loads to, to think about, to pray about, um, to really, truly unpack. Um, and, I, and I think in some ways you've given us some stuff that, that might rub the wrong way in some respects, but also in a good way, I think, because actually we, again, I believe that God is shaking us up at this time to really, truly focus in on him. Uh, if there was one thing that you wanted people to pick up of, of from everything that we've talked about or something maybe, for, if there was one thing that you wanted to leave with people to say, actually, when you, when you talk about church, this is what you need to hold on to, what would it be? I think when we talk about church, you need to hold on to the community, not the crowd. It's the community that is uh, full of joy, that, that lavishes God's love on others having received the grace itself. That's the key. That's amazing. That's awesome. So much to unpack there and pray about and, and journey in. Thank you so much. Before we wrap up, would you be willing to just pray for us anybody, and anybody else watching this, um, this interview? <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you are an awesome God. Father, we thank you that you have lavished us with good gifts. Father, we thank you that you have given us the gift of life and love and the gift of your son. And Father, we pray that we would be in step with Jesus, wherever we are, like whether we're church member, church leader, um, in church leadership of any ways, that we would, we would experience your heart for the church. Jesus, we pray that you would open up our eyes to see what the Spirit is doing amongst us. Help us encourage us to engage in the community that you've set before us. Inspire us through Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for joining me, Haley. It's been absolutely amazing to have you. And thank you as well to you for tuning in. We hope and pray it's been a blessing that you've been able to hear something of God as you just tuned in to watch a conversation about what is church. Again, give it a like, give it a share. And if you have any questions or comments that you want to add into the conversation, just let us know below this. Until next time, stay blessed.